You are listening to Press Church Podcasts. Please enjoy this week's message. We're going to pull some truths as we read through it. Starting in verse 26, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin, verse 27, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Verse 20, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. The truth that I pull out of this story right here is remind you that God loves people. Are you a person today? Yeah, yeah. So that means that God loves you. That God loves people. That God sends an angel to this woman by the name of Mary with pinpoint accuracy. He doesn't need a GPS. He doesn't need Google Maps. He doesn't need your find an iPhone app to find out where you are in life. God knows exactly where you are. God can send an angel. God can send a miracle. God can send whatever he needs right where you are at any point in time. That God could send someone to someone in the city of the state of South Carolina in the small town known as Williston in your house on your street to show up and meet you and help you out. God is still in the business of loving people. Jesus shows up on the earth And he goes around and he tells people that I am sent to seek and save that which is lost. We know John 3.16 that says, For God so loved the world. That incorporates all of us. But not just all of us, it makes it personal to me. Because I'm a part of the world. That God so loved the world, he sent his son for you. He sent his son. God is still in the business of loving people. He always has been. He always will be. Ever since Adam messed up, ever since Adam and Eve messed up in the garden, he was constantly trying to find a way to get his love back to his people. Let's keep reading. In verse 29, But when she saw him, she was troubled at his sayings, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, For you have found favor with God. And behold, verse 31, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Amen. Verse 32, he will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom there will be no end. Glory to God. That is the declaration from God's throne to earth and to humanity at the very beginning of announcing that Jesus was coming to the earth. Don't be afraid, Mary. That's something right there that we can take part of, that we can take hold of as we leave 2019, as we enter into 2020, that you make a choice today that God is saying from the throne room, do not be afraid. He's in charge. He's already got a plan. He's already working all things to the good who love God and are called according to His purpose, the Scriptures say. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. The second point, the second truth I want to pull out of this is God 
still loves to use people in His plan. God loves to use people in His plan. He has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a calling for each and every one of us. He has the kingdom of God that He is constantly building. Remember, He said that He is going to build His church and the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. He said that. That's what He said about His church. So He's got a purpose. He's got a plan. He's got an idea of what He wants to do. And He wants to use people. He didn't go to a robot He didn't go to a cow. He didn't go to a donkey. He didn't go to a house. He went to a person. And he went to Mary. And he says, this is the plan that God has for you. God loves to use his people in his plans. The angel makes the declaration about who Jesus is. He will be great. Nothing less, nothing short of greatness. Jesus will be great. He will be called the Son of Sons. He will be called Jesus. The third truth that I have as we continue reading is God loves to tell you things and answer your questions, but He never wants to hide anything from you. Let's look at verse 34. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? It's a valid question, Mary. An angel shows up. She's like, Oh my goodness, who are you? Why are you here? How'd you show up? Uh, what's going on? He says, hey, don't be afraid. I just came through your walls. I just uh, appeared out of nowhere. I'm coming from the throne room of God, so don't be afraid. Don't worry about how I got in. Here's the plan that God wants to do for you in your life. You're going to have a son, and his name is Jesus. And Mary says, wait, uh, hold on. Let me do some math. One plus one equals two. Um, I don't understand how this is going to work. And this tells us right here that it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to ask questions when God speaks to us, when we read something in the scriptures, when we encounter something at church. It's okay to ask questions. God is not intimidated. God is not baffled. God is not messed up or caught off guard by the questions that you have when it comes to the conversations that he's having with you. He's not thrown off guard saying, Jesus, Holy Spirit, come to a meeting. Jeremiah has a question, and I have never heard it in all my life. In all of eternity, we've never heard this question. He's not worried about questions, but he's willing to answer those questions. Look at verse 35 after Mary asked that question, and the angel answered her. She asked a question, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Now, let me just ask you this question. Did clarify the question at all? The angel says, oh, you've got a question. Let me go ahead and answer that. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you, and the Son of God will come. Oh, and by the way, somebody in your family is also pregnant. If I was married, I'd be like, no, that's, you're going to have to get some paper and pad. We're going to have to draw this out because that, that answer didn't equate. That didn't make sense. But I love how the angel answers it. He's not afraid or scared of her asking questions because God loves to hear your questions and he loves to answer those questions. God is not in the hiding business Paul made it very clear that he was being revealed as Jesus was giving him things. And he was giving them to the Gentile church. He says, for I received from the Lord that which I delivered to you. 
He also talks about mysteries that are made known. Mysteries that were hidden throughout all the world that if people would have known, they would not have even crucified Jesus and now God is just willingly giving it to the churches of the Gentile faith. I love how he incorporates Elizabeth. How God shows us that yes, the purpose and the plan that he has for you is important, but there's people to your left, there's people to your right that also have purposes and plans that gather us all together, that causes us to be the body of Christ. That we are not just this one autonomous church and we push away all the other churches. There are other churches here in this community. There are other churches in this state. There are other churches in this world. There are missionaries. There are people all over the world that are preaching this gospel message. And how can we play a part in helping them? The angel shows up and says, Mary, God's got this plan for you. He wants this in your life. He wants to help you. He wants to show you. He wants to save you. And by the way, you need to go see your brother and sister Your sister Elizabeth, she's also got a plan, and God's also working all things to good in her life so that those can intersect and intercross so the plan of God can be displayed throughout the world. Let's look at verse 37. The angel says this simple statement, but something so intense that sometimes it's hard for us to believe. For with God, nothing will be impossible. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's not a dot, dot, dot. There's not an asterisk there of what the uh, angel said. Well, maybe, I don't know, possibly. He makes a definitive statement. The last thing he says is, for with God, nothing will be impossible. A truth that we can pull right there is very simple. God loves to make possible what you deem impossible. You think that family member can never get saved? You can't believe that family member is actually in church today? How's this healing going to occur? How's this going to happen? How's that going to happen? I've put all the puzzle pieces together. None of them fit. I don't know how this is going to work. An angel makes a declaration from God's throne where he says, with God, nothing will be impossible. Let that be your guiding force. Let that be your theme. Let that be your declaration as you go into 2020. That as you encounter things that you deem impossible, makes it an opportunity for God to make it possible. At the moment that you say, there's no way this is going to happen, there's a time for God to show up right then and there. Now let's look at Mary's response after all that. She meets an angel that just shows up. The angel talks to her, tells her about this plan. She asks a question, how's this going to happen? And then the angel gives a more detailed, a more crazy explanation that's hard to understand. And let's see Mary's response. Verse 38, we'll finish with this. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The last truth that we can pull out of this is God loves faith. That after all of these things that she just encountered, an angel that she's never seen before, that just shows up out of the middle of nowhere, that tells her about massive, massive plan that God has for her and wants to use her. And then explains in a way that's even more confusing. The answer that Mary gives is let it be. Let it be according to your word. I don't understand how it's going to work. I don't understand what the journey looks like. I don't understand how I'm going to get there. I don't understand what's all going to happen. But if you said it, God, then let it be. Let it 
be in my life. And God loves when you take a step out in faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so when you start believing in faith, whoo, God is pleased. And when God is pleased, miracle signs and wonders happen. And when miracle signs and wonders happen, the impossible becomes the possible. God is a good God, amen? You may be going through, the, through life, I wrote this down while I was studying, you may be going through life, living your normal life, but God is calling us to a personal relationship. He's calling us for opportunities to be used by Him. No matter what stage of life you're in right now, whether you are currently not saved, first time in church, you don't even know who God is or who this Jesus is we're talking about, or whether you've been in church your whole life, God is calling you right now to a higher place, to a plan and a purpose that He has for you. And all He's asking is for your obedience of the simple statement of, I don't know how this is going to work, how, when, where, or why, but so let it be according to your word, just like Mary said. Amen? We're going to take communion, but before we take communion, I want to reintroduce you to the gospel message. For those who may have never heard it, for those who maybe need to rededicate their lives, for those who want to say, you know what, my 2020 is going to be different than my 2019. Whatever happened up to this point, I'm letting it go in 2019, and I'm stepping into something brand new in 2020. In Romans 10, 9-13, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For Scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be Saved. You're in a prime place and position to call upon the name of the Lord. You are in a church. There's no persecution here. There's nowhere that we're hiding. It's not China. It's not some place that we have to hide in a cave with just one page of the Bible and have this. We have the windows wide open. Everybody can see that we're having church. Everybody can see that we are a part of the body of Christ, that we make the declaration that Jesus is Lord. You're in a perfect place if you've never received the salvation of Jesus Christ. You see, people throughout the Scriptures have received salvation in such weird places. Acts chapter 10 is when the first Gentile gets saved. They're in a house. Cornelius is in his house. He brings all his friends and family in there, and Peter shows up, and he's just preaching a message. There's no altar call. There's no bow your head. There's no raise your hand. Peter's just preaching a message, and it says instantly they start speaking in tongues. And he says, wait a second. Something has happened to them. How can we withhold the baptism of water from them? We see in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit falls, Peter stands up on the rooftop, and he's uh, talking to the whole town of Jerusalem as he's shouting, explaining the gospel message, and it says 3,000 people instantly get saved. What about the man on the cross? Never even stepped foot in a church. Was dying on a cross. And he says, hey, Jesus, I know you're busy, but could you remember me? If I'm Jesus, and we've talked about this before, scoff at him. Are you kidding me? You've never gone to church. 
You've never done this. You've never done that. You've never given to the poor. You're a thief. And now I'm dying. I'm suffering. And you have the nerve. You have the audacity to try and call upon me in the last seconds of your life. That's not Jesus, though. Doesn't even acknowledge his sin. Doesn't even acknowledge that he's a sinner and why he's on the cross. Jesus says, today you'll be with me in paradise. God is willing to save and open the door and the opportunity for anybody, anytime, anywhere, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never experienced salvation, you're in the perfect place to receive the love of the Father. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4, one of my favorite scriptures is Paul speaking to us, the Gentile church, the church of Corinth, and he tells them what the gospel message is in its simplest form, that this is all you have to believe, this is all you have to confess, and you will be in the presence of the Lord when you pass away. He says, for I receive from the Lord that which I deliver to you, that Christ died for our sins, not just for our sins, but he died for my sins, that you have to make it personal that he died for your sins. That he was buried in a tomb, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. If I could just have y'all, if y'all could bow y'all's heads for a second, we're all going to pray a prayer together. For those who maybe have never prayed this prayer before, for those who want to rededicate their life and get back on path with God, listen, God's never left you. God's never left you. He's still walking with you. He's still walking beside you. But to make a declaration with God of, hey, we're getting back on track, coming back to you. It says in the Scriptures, if you draw near to God, the only thing that Jesus can do is draw near to you, the Scripture says. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. So just repeat after me as all eyes are closed, heads are bowed. Father, there we go. Come on, here we go. Let's try it again. Father, I know that I'm a sinner, but I know that you sent your Savior, and you said, if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, then I will be saved. Father, I confess today that Christ died for my sins. He was buried in a tomb, and he rose again the third day. And by believing that in my heart, I will spend eternity with you. God help me on my new journey in life. As you by my side, we will go out and we will change our world. Father, I thank you that your son became sin so that I could now be called righteous. Thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If that's the first time you ever prayed it, welcome to God's kingdom. We're so glad that you're a part of God's kingdom now. If it's the first time you've ever prayed that and believed that, please come talk with me afterwards. I would love to talk with you about that. If you're rededicating your life, come and share that with me as well. I want to know that. I want to know that as you step into this new journey, as you say, God, I'm drawing near to you. Because as soon as you make that declaration, God, the only thing he can do is come and draw near to you. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you that you sent your son. 
Father, let us be like Mary and whatever you tell us to do this year, whatever you tell us to do in life, we make the simple statement of let it be according to your word. Just let it be, Father. We don't know how, when, where, why it's going to work. We're just going to say, let it be according to your word. Father, I thank you for these families that are represented. I thank you for each and every person here. I thank you that you've called them, that you love them, that you want to be a part of their lives. And Father, that they choose you today. Father, be with them as they go into the holiday week. Protect them as they travel. Keep them safe. Father, just let them be that shining light. Like your scripture says, that we are the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere we go. In every household that we go, Father. Protect your people. Love your people. And bring them back safely next Sunday. In Jesus' name, amen. You can blow out your candle and you can throw them away. God bless you. We love you. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you all on Sunday. Be good. Thank you for listening to Press Church Podcast. If you would like more information about us or are interested in giving to our ministry, you can click the link in our bio or visit presschurch.org. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Press Church SC and have a great week.